to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. This is uh, live from Vermont, No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast with... Mateo, good. Normally, I'm saying good morning, but good afternoon. Yes, sir. It is four three fifty five in actually. San Antonio, and it we have is. someone special with us today. We do. We're gonna just dive right into it because we're short on time. We want to make sure we put an amazing episode out. We have, and I'll let you introduce. You're, you're, you know, it's your thing. You like it. You like giving the introductions. Do I? You're, you're a little long winded sometimes with them, but I like it. <laughs> so I'm just calling you out a little bit, but it's all good. Long winded with the introductions. Christina Ashley Williams. Hello, friends. <laughs> I'm joking. So I, I don't care. I am long-winded. It's me. I own it, and I'm okay with that. So we are, are blessed to have the amazing Christina Ashley Williams of Unpacking and Baldwin and Simone, of which I'm sure a lot of you are like, what is that? Well, guess what? You're about to learn. About to learn um, and today. it's not going to come from me. It's going to come from her. <laughs> um, I will say this. Um, she is a rising star in the DEI and hot alternative hospitality boutique hotels place um, who I was at had the fortune of meeting through a common friend Andrew McConnell Mm -hmm. shout out to Andrew Uh, thanks for making that introduction Um, and after meeting Christina and and talking we immediately kind of clicked and I was like hey we need you in this space would love to have you come to VRMA and, and run a workshop on on DEI John and I've been working on it as everyone knows um, and it was great to just connect and bring you in and actually have you come and run this workshop that I'm going to let you tell all about. Yeah. Well, first of all, just kudos to y'all for taking the initiative to make sure that these things are prioritized in this space um, mm-hmm. to create something out of nothing or like to have like a trailblazer and say, hey, something is necessary when other people may not be prioritizing it. It's huge. So yeah. good. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Praise to y'all. You're doing the work. Well, I got to give a shout out to John because honestly, and I've said, I feel like I've said this multiple times today, but all of this momentum that that we're seeing in the the DEI space that we're doing, it, it just in VRMA and, and here, came from a conversation that John started. Mm. So John actually reached out to me uh, about cool. a conversation, and and it was so kudos were kudos is do, you know do I don't want I don't want to take credit for I didn't right. I, yeah. I mean, John started I mean, this. No, I didn't we we worked I mean, together. I mean, no, 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 no. It's okay. You can no. take credit. It's cool. Look, it's it's I good. I asked a question. The right. question should have been asked a long time ago mm. by supplies other people. Um, Facts. And, I agree. You know, so it is what it is. But you know, we're here today, and I guess thank you. Um, but it's not really. You know, ultimately, we're we're making progress. Yeah. And so that's and it was great. We had and it takes a village, right? Like yeah. there's a four yeah. there to be a move of a needle yeah. like on yeah. the spectrum yeah like there's it definitely takes a community yeah. so, to make it happen you know we've made some i mean it was first vrma yeah. where we had two dei things right. not, not only did we didn't even like we had any right but we went from two. from right. zero mm-hmm. to two things right. and you know can 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 it be worked on yes yeah, so no. if you're listening we could do better yeah. um and yeah. and we will do better and you know and you know, Mateo being the co-chair of uh, the subcommittee, you know, obviously helps and we're getting, we're making baby steps, but yeah. tell us about 
you know, A, tell us what your thoughts on Burma. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what you've got in Kicking Out. Take a, tell us about that workshop. Tell us about your background. What got you into all this? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. Background. Where are you coming first? From? All right. Yeah. So, hi. <laughs> all right. So, I have an interesting background. It's kind of like a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off in education, I went to school originally got my master's in teaching social science, where I concentrated in critical race studies. Um, after spending about 13 years in the field, working in different black and brown neighborhoods across the country, I was finding that there was a whole other world out there that I just wasn't familiar with when mm-hmm. it came to technology and understanding business. Mm-hmm. And so I took a risk on myself. Um, I actually had gotten into a doctoral program and I quit that shit and was like, I am going to go back to school and actually learn tech. And so what I found in my program was my heart was really aligned with design. Mm-hmm. And so because my concentrations in my work, prior had been really focused on um human impact social emotional development critical race studies all of that jazz it's all just like how are people uh, uh interacting with each right. other and you know um i found that within this technology business space human-centered design was my thing because now we were talking about cool how are we building products and services with people in mind right. and like i'm a people person that's mm-hmm. my, you know that's my my stitch and yep. so um i recognized i had this unique opportunity to kind of bridge academic stuff into language that actually can make sense within the business space and so i found uh, myself with a real pull on my heart actually after the murder of George Floyd last year. So as we were in the midst of this global uprising and we're being bombarded on our media by all of these articles around how to be an anti-racist and we're seeing all these corporate corporations making public statements about standing in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. Meanwhile, their internal employees are like, no, you don't. I really felt that, you know, like my own experiences with racism and sexism at work, at school at the grocery store was very real. And so when I was in the midst of um, my own observation, just like what was going on in society, I was like, yo, I can do something about it. I'm in a really unique position where I understand what's happening from a historical and academic standpoint and also from a lived experience standpoint. Right. And I, also, like I know how to speak the language of the business sector, right. and so and the education sector, you and the education sector, kind of right. yeah. Right. And so that um, that gave me this push to launch unpacking, mm-hmm. and also it was just really awesome um, double entendre mm-hmm. <laughs> to right. have. Um, so unpacking, what is it? Unpacking is an online learning and certifications platform for diversity, equity, inclusion. Mm-hmm. We specialize in social impact areas. Typically, when you look at um, DEI trainings or programs, right. etc., they kind of lump everything together. Mm-hmm. And so what we did at Unpacking was recognize six core areas that were independently um, of value that people should um, focus on one at a time and then scale their learning to the next thing mm-hmm. once one is, is completed. And so at Unpacking, you range from... Um, our programs and certifications in anti-racism to LGBTQ rights, then gender rights, disability rights. We also have sustainability and product inclusion. Um, 
obviously the climate over um, this past two years, anti-racism has been the program we've been um, really pushing. And uh, it's amazing just to see the growth of what we've been able to impact across different industries, you know, like organizational culture is something that is, relevant to any organization. And so we found this really beautiful opportunity to help people um, kind of just find like a disarming way to engage in these conversations um, and feel less of the fragility, less of the fear, less of um, the uncomfortability to even start. Um, And yeah, like I'm, I'm really, really proud of what we've been able to build and how continuing to, to scale the program um, throughout different organizations like Burma right. now. Right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Tell us your, so we, Matea reached out to you yes. and you came and tell us about that workshop. I mean, what was your thoughts on it? You know, I mean, my first initial thoughts mm-hmm. were like, damn, more people should be here. Yeah. Like, like we, and, and more were registered. And so yeah. I'm not sure what the story is. Do you register? And then did you forget or did you register? Because in, in you know, um, maybe this is like, Oh, this would be cool if I can possibly get there. Yeah. So, you know, my, per- I have some personal feelings on the timing yeah. of, of the, you know, you know, a, I don't know what, you know, yeah. we'll have to rethink of that for another year here, but you know, tell us about your thoughts of, you know, how it went down. Yeah. So the content, of the session I thought was really great right everyone was participatory everyone was super engaged um and they showed up and they were active right Right. like people were there and they weren't just sitting on their phones or disengaged they were equal contributors to the conversation to the activities that we were doing and we ended up creating actual like definitive measurable goals and action steps that people were able to move forward with. What I also really loved is the debrief discussions after the activity. So in some of um, the prompts such as reviewing different vocabulary, just to get on the same page about what is the difference between race and ethnicity, right? Or like, and I, I did, you know, full disclaimer, I didn't get them all right, you know, and that's good. That's good. It is good. Yeah. And you know what? It's even in the design, right? So like within the facilitation, I intentionally start off with that activity to lay groundwork because a lot of times people think that they know more than they know when they enter the space and it humbles everyone. And it also helps people kind of get on this like level playing ground. Mm -hmm. So then when we debrief together, you see like, oh, I wasn't the only one that could couldn't necessarily match that to that. And it's again, the disarming component. Um, And then going into activities around shared experiences there. It's interesting. So I, um, I was just tagged in a post on Twitter yesterday around um, someone complaining that their organization was going to facilitate one of those like uh, walks of privilege activities. Like, you know, take a step forward. If you've lived in poverty before, you know, Um, (laughs) and she was like, no, I don't want to do this. I shouldn't be mandated to participate in things like this. Right. Um, And so I was, I was reflecting back on like, dang, like I'm, 
I'm so thankful that I've been able to actually apply learnings from my time and doing this work and understanding like what is actually causing harm and what is creating um, learning opportunities that still get that same point across. Like what their intention is, okay, we get it, but who's actually benefiting it? Who's being harmed at the end? Um, So anyways, like in our, in our um, experiential um, sharing with our activities, we're able to see like, dang, some people will interpret some questions one way and others Mm -hmm. will interpret it other ways. A great example of this from yesterday um, from the workshop was, um, does your American identity Mm. bring you more safety or privilege outside of America than (laughs) it does living here? Right. Right. And one person responded, yeah, I don't like how Europeans treat me as American. I feel like I treat as like I am less than Mm. right. And then you also see someone in a black body that says, but by me saying I'm American in another country, I actually receive more privilege than I do within the United States. Uh, you want it, to touch on that? No, I was just saying, I was, I was, that, I was <laughs> <laughs> it's very it, real, it's, right? Yeah, it's very real. Well, and, and it's been historically real. If, yeah. you, if you look at the African-American experience yeah. in terms of people, you, you look at soldiers who came home from World War II mm-hmm. and were like, I fought here. We see Red Summer in Chicago. Yep, absolutely. Like, I got to, like, yeah, yeah, like, I got the dates. No, absolutely. Um, there, and then, and then other components too, right? Around like just a trivial experience. I've been thinking about just like taking a shower yeah. at the hotel room. Are there products that are designed for curly hair textures that are standardized within those spaces? Right. How often are you thinking about that unless that's your actual lived experience? I never right? thought of it until yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of blew my mind just to even think about, like, oh, like, what an oversight. Mm-hmm. You know, what, like, what an absolute oversight, you know, in, in the importance of just being inclusive mm-hmm. in your offerings. Yep. And, and I get it. If, you know, if I put myself as a property manager or a hotel owner or something like that, you know, maybe you don't have to have, but have it available, yeah. right? You know, like maybe, you know, even a side that's like, if, you know, if you're looking for you A, B, and C, you know, you know, you know, ask for it, you know, ask for it, you know, this is what's on the, the pumps on the shower right. wall, you know, yeah. this is your standard, but yeah. if you need this, or yeah. need something else, need some yeah, cocoa like, butter. Yeah. We were just having that conversation because actually John brought it up in the panel that we were just on. Like people don't think about that. So it's like bringing that awareness to this like that's the work we're doing in DEI in this industry yeah. because it's it, it just hasn't been thought of before and even if they thought about it how do you execute how are you executing because right. also too it's like what's your network look like to actually be able to tap into sourcing those sorts of products and services yeah. if it hasn't been your reality right. I, mean, I mean financially it might not make sense for you to have um cocoa butter and normal lotion yeah. and and you know special shampoo that's you know you know better for curly hair or or just normal straight to oily hair you know yeah. whatever you know but have it available yeah. and i think that it's in you know the woman that was um there in the yeah. presentation, she said, mm-hmm. like, she goes, I have no idea what I would do if I ever actually saw that. Mm-hmm. She said, I'd probably she cry. cry. Yeah, she's she like, I'd probably cry. cry. Like, like just yeah. be yeah. so relieved to see that. And, you know, I think that the, the huge takeaway from 
from both, you know, your presentation, which was made. And keep in mind, folks, this was three hours. Yeah. This wasn't like a small, like everyone. Question, did it feel like three hours? No, it didn't. No, it, it, didn't. it was good. Strategic design, y'all. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but, but, but I mean, the people that came were immersed yeah. were there because they wanted to be there. It wasn't like a, a quick 45 minute, like. Yeah, like the rest of this yeah. stuff. Yeah, like yeah. it was like, no, like we're working through some things. We're, we're going yeah. to figure some shit yeah. out. Yeah. And then and it's today, collaborative. Yeah. You get to, you're building knowledge by interacting with your right. peers and exchanging Even today, there. today's presentation was supposed to be 45 minutes. Yeah. It went an hour and 10. Of course. Like, and we were, getting, we were getting cut. They, they were like in the back. No. Like, hey, cut the mics. Cut the mics. Uh, but we were, but the, the conversations no, were said. great. The conversations were great. And it, it actually, it, it reverberated. want to talk about the stuff. But I, this is how I know it was good stuff. because there were people in there you know, that weren't there on, on Sunday at, at our, our, um, our, our, our boot camp yeah. that actually got some of the material because right. of people who were there and were there today as well. Yeah. And it was like these, and, and again, learning the key that this is hospitality. The yeah. one I'm saying, like, if somebody, if, I, if you would have had something that just, that reflected that you thought of me, that's hospitality. Yeah. Yes. That is the core of what hospitality yes. is. That's what people who do it the right way, right? Like, and, and kind of the segue, I mean, like, this is why I'm building Baldwin and Simone's. There we go. Like, I know what it is like to travel while black. <laughs> and I, I, don't. I know that it's Here's a safe. different experience. Right. Here's my experience. And so yeah. I have a mission now mm-hmm. to curate an experience for travelers of color within a hotel space that lets them see effortlessly that they were thought about. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine going into a place and being able to check in without fear of the cops being called on you or going into the bathroom and having products that actually reflect your needs, such as catering to your curly hair textures or using richer butter, such as shea or cocoa Mm -hmm. as standard within the lotions that are offered. Right. Or thinking about the art that is on the wall when you're walking around the premises or what languages are spoken. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many different experiences that are either microaggressions or just straight up trauma Mm -hmm. just from the airport to get to the hotel itself from being profiled in the airport and being pulled over and asked if you, um, like randomly selected, right. right. Um, pulled out of line, um, to getting in the car, not, uh, not knowing if it's the safest place for you to be in your skin. Right. People, um, making assumptions or stereotyping. This happens a lot for women of color. If you are a sex worker, mm-hmm. right. There are so many different experiences, even just showing up to the premises and people assuming that you do not belong to be there right. or that you are a, a worker on the premises. <laughs> the help, right? You're yeah, the help, yeah. right. So like there's, there's so much that has to be navigated. Vacation. Right. For a time of leisure, yeah. it's not just cool. I'm in my bathing suit and towel and like whatever. It's all of this extra layer mm-hmm. that unfortunately doesn't escape 
just from going to another country. Right. And that's why within the hospitality space, I'm so excited to be doing this work both as a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant, but also as a rising hotelier myself, yeah, right? right? Um, it, it just makes so much sense. Like if we're going to build standards and structures right. around this equitable experience, mm-hmm. The travel industry is like the biggest no-brainer because yeah. you're interacting with so many cross-cultural experiences on a daily basis. Um, it seems like here, there's, I feel like the work that's done here can give huge ripple effects into other industries by can, nature. Can you share with the us and the audience yeah. um, in, in Mateo too? You know, I some like what's the like if. If you don't mind, like yeah. what's like some of these experiences you've had traveling um, that are like absolutely like were like either so ignorant or like so like demoralizing? Oh my like, god! Like, is, is there anything that you could share with the audience that like yes, to, you know, maybe enlighten? Yes, like, like walking in your shoes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just got back from a three week trip from Europe mm-hmm. um, a couple days ago, and even on that trip, like I know we we're in Italy, and we we're in Italy, and we're walking out of this. We've already went through the security check. We're like walking to go through the sliding doors. And one of their police officers comes running over to us to interrogate us. My friend and I, who's a black, black woman, um, to ask us like, wait, what are you doing here? Like how much money do you have on you? This wasn't like a stop. It wasn't yeah. like we were at like a custom check. Right. It wasn't anything. Everyone else was just walking through. We just, and they, and the words were used, you are randomly selected, meaning I randomly decided to come and talk to you. Mm-hmm. And that's just the term that we're using. It's kind of like what I think about with stop and frisk. That experience, I was at Art Basel in Miami and I was sitting in an exhibition hall, getting right, waiting for the talk to, to start. And I'm dressed up. It's Art Basel, right? So, like, people are looking fly. They're in their dresses. They got their fashions out, like, flexing on everybody. As was I. This man came up to me (laughs) and asked, started asking me questions as if I worked there. Mm -hmm. And I had my curly hair out this day. Mm -hmm. And once I explained to him that, one, I am not an employee obviously everyone that is an employee is dressed in black as you can see around us right now i'm in a big colorful dress um he then shifted the conversation to wow i love your hair and starts grabbing my hair not just like touching it or petting it like grabbing my hair as if i am a zoo animal yeah right and there's no conscious block in his mind that says i should not do this there's no conditioning that says, hey, this is not appropriate. Right. The conditioning yeah. is this person of color is not internalized as human in my in my processing mm-hmm. right now. Like that's what that's what a normalized experience um, is for me mm-hmm. as a black woman, whether I'm in the United States or I'm traveling abroad. Um, the hair thing comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and those, and those that aren't watching, you know, you have a lot of hair. I have a lot of hair. But and, this is weave. This right, is, yeah. yeah. Right. These are extensions. But you, you have, when your curls out, I mean, but yeah. what, it's still, 
it's what you're portraying. It's what you're, it's what you're showing. It's my natural. Well, it's, yeah. well, and there's also the fetish, there's this fetish, uh, yeah, fetishization of, of, of black women's hair and, right. and lack of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and, and I think the, when do you just go touch people's bodies? Well, but it's the same way as in when, and, and to kind of, you know, let people making a, like a, a, equate it to something. It's like the way that pregnant women mm-hmm. don't like their stomachs. Yes. And I, I like, yes. I thought that was a great comparison. That's we talked about comparison. that the other day. It was like, think about it. It's like, you know, don't just run up and touch my stomach yeah. or don't, or don't invade my, you do not respect my space enough yeah. to, you know, ask for permission to come into it. Right. Like it's, right. Now, it's interesting because I've seen that a lot in certain cultures. They just don't care. Like at the end of the day, they they, they don't even think about it in that realm. Right. But this also happens in the U.S. a lot. And that's where it happens a lot, because no one if someone was to do that to them, they would be like, why are you touching? Me? Why are you touching me? But to them, it's like, oh, let me see this. And, and I not the hair for me, but it's always been skin. It's like, oh, your skin is so yeah, cafe yeah, lay. Yeah, or it's yeah, always yeah. like, oh, and you're like. And again, look, I grew up in Portland. I'm used to being the one of only or less in this space. I think I move a little bit differently, but it doesn't change the fact that just because I've grown to be used to it and I've learned to I've learned to not Mm. upset myself with it and not take it on. Doesn't mean it's right. Right. But that's but that's the point. But like and and again, like I've learned to not burden myself with that mm-hmm. because I'm not going to get upset because of your ignorance, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to mess my day up. So if, whether you think I'm the help, whether you're following me through a store, whether you're stopping me at the passport line, whether it's any of that, yeah. I've had, because that's not my natural inclination. I'm, I take off. Like I, it, it, I, I'm slow to anger, but it, when it gets to a certain point, I don't want to go it, there. And, but then, but and at the end of the day, I end up, but I end up losing too. At the end of the day, that's true. More often there's than not, also, there's also this burden of who gets to even be angry, yeah, and who gets to respond in an upset manner, yeah. Because within the black community, for example, if an interpersonal harm is done, so a one-off that's like on a micro scale, so someone did something to me in my world, yeah. If I am upset about it. I don't get to be upset just as Christina. Mm. I am now representing all black people mm-hmm. and I am now a stereotype for my entire community yeah. in my response. And your and, gender. And my gender. Right. Yeah. Man, she's hot angry black right. woman. Right. Yeah, it's like, it becomes this, yeah. this trope. Um, and so then it goes, it, that also goes back to like the dehumanization, dehumanization of the black body, the black female body, etc. Um, because we can't even live in our full expansion of our, of our emotions and our full truth because there are certain um, limits that society puts on like what we are allowed to do in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Lots of, lots of things. Speaking of angry black women. Yeah. So we don't bullshit here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talk about the news, we talk about the things that happen. Um, and this is right in line with, you know, what we were talking about yesterday, mm-hmm. right. In terms of, you do something in a certain space that you're qualified to do mm-hmm. and speak on, right? Uh, somebody at this table went viral yesterday. Yeah, I did go viral yesterday. <laughs> somebody on this, somebody <laughs> at this table had a rant about something that happened yesterday and was like, I, I, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but after everything we've kind of been going through, it's interesting because John, we, we just ran a panel talking about, you know, DEI a year after George Floyd. Yep. Right. What's changed? 
right? What's changed in terms of, you know, society, what's changed in terms of economic opportunity, what changed in terms of, you know, what's going on. And so we're sitting at a table with a, yeah. So, you know, talking to a black woman who is in the space, a founder and a CEO, she went viral. I'm gonna let her tell her why, I'm gonna let her say why she went viral, but it's- what I spoke about was a reflection on a Forbes article that shared that a company by the name of Canvas that is owned by two white men and it is a diversity recruitment platform just raised $50 million, $50 million for their diversity recruitment platform. And in the article, one of the founders stated that he was qualified to run a diversity platform because he's, quote, been to jail before and has black nieces and nephews. Those were his qualifications. Meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, (laughs) you have folk like myself who have two master's degrees, Mm. has been over the last 15 years Mm. in culturally immersive environments, teaching, working, studying, doing this work. And in this past year and a half of my fundraising, I have heard there's no market for it. DEI is just a moment. It's not a mandate for the future. All these imaginative ways of saying, no, we are not going to give you money because we do not believe in you. We do not believe in this market. We do not believe that this is something that is important and needs money, right? Yet all of a sudden, when they look like that, the money appears, And so I went viral yesterday because I gave these reflections um, and I posted on LinkedIn and people were like, yeah, this is fucked up. Like this is fucked up. And so, um, yeah, I'm definitely contemplating now. I'm like, I just may end up doing an equity crowdfunding campaign and create our platform that is community driven for the community um, and make sure that instead of putting the money in the hands of VCs that may not recognize the value that we're trying to do and just creating a more equitable society. Yeah. Put the the ownership of the company and the people whose hearts are actually like here and are committed to making this change. Like if people have ownership in the company and we continue to grow, I would love for it to just be like the community distributed funds that way. It's it's so how much money? 50, 50 million, 50 million. So 50 million. bringing that back to a year later, yeah. remember all the pledges and yeah. support yeah. to support black founders, black women, black businesses yeah. to put the equity. Cause when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, we're not just talking about right. Being at the table. So it's not, it's the whole, you know, being invited to the dance and then, you know, being asked to dance yeah, scenario. Right. You know, there was a lot of momentum coming out of that, right? And it, it would be interesting. Somebody's got to do a follow Sherelle, up to see. Sherelle Dorsey mm-hmm. just, um, did a report um, for TP Insights mm-hmm. on the data of like, this is who said what. Yep. This is where they're at now. Yep. You can subscribe. Oh, I'd love to see that. It's, yeah, you can subscribe. Somebody to needs TP to publish Insights. that. Like, we need us. Like, when these things happen, I think that's the. The accountability she did, part yeah, she did some falls great flat. Data. Do, you so, have, do you have that data available? Yeah, Sherelle yeah. Dor- Dorsey. Okay. Um, okay. She did we'll share that. I'd love to go ahead and, and share a link to that on yeah. your stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. On the podcast, we'll go ahead and share a link to that, that yep. data as well on here. So um, let's make sure that I connect. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, it's fucked up. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, John has to hear. John has to hear our founder stories, Anthony and I's horror stories of like the meeting, the BC meetings, it's and the like, shit that people tell us all the time. So it's like right to, they'll tell them right to their face to yeah. basically like, hey, we're. <laughs> We, we like your idea, but since we don't basically, you know, we're not like you, mm-hmm. um, we don't, you know, I don't know if we can see eye to eye. Yeah. Shit, shit like that. I'm like, really? Like, but they'll still give money. I hear I like you a lot. I yeah. really like you as a founder. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Give perfect. me the, cut the check. Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> Cut the check. Well, y'all know what my cut the check story is. So I, I, look, that's my whole point. And I, but I think that kind of, and I, I want to read that study. I, I really feel like that is what is going to keep the momentum going because accountability. The, the accountability has to happen. All right, everyone, I love the spreadsheet that people were passing around, and there, I, a lot of good things happen. Like I don't want to say nothing good happened in this past year. But there was a lot of shit that was talked, and yeah. there was a lot of promises that were yeah. made, and there was not a lot of money spent. Right. I. And I and and how do you I reconcile mean, that? I mean, right? It's hard. It's hard. Like, okay, go back to like. I think if we take out, if there was action in in in, in mm-hmm. and I like I like what Mateo always said for mm-hmm. if, you, if you actually put you, you live it, you put some. And if this this cat, if he whatever this co-founder is said, you know, if he didn't come out and say that, and he was actually. He, he puts together a diverse team. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a different story. It's funny because actually, but, if you look at their website, all of their um, you know how like positions, it's typically just like you've got the executive team. Yeah, and you're, you're it's, they, on their on their website, it's like all mixed up. Yeah. because they know like if they actually have who the leaders are like at the top right. it's going to be homogenous. but that's but that's bullshit though let's let's be very clear that's bullshit because at the end of the day if you were really about that life, you would have never made those statements at all no, that would exactly. have never no, that would have never there come out you would have been like jail you, i think he also stated it because he, he had never like gone like, to college and he said <laughs> like he also but again so but like and again i don't know this person i don't i don't know this person from adam right i don't know this person at all but but I, I know professionals in the space that, that aren't that aren't people of color that are very great things. thought leaders and have produced a tremendous amount of you know materials and, and are helping as yeah. allies in this space. The issue I have when, when she told me the story, yeah, it's, it, it wouldn't have been about it's, what it's you what what made yeah. you qualify would have been that my ability of a leader to get the right people in yes. the room right. to get the oh, right yes. stories to the table yes. to make my tech platform be effective that's, in that. That space. would have been a different story. It's still not maybe not the best story, but it would have been a different. It would have been, yeah. but that's the difference between. That, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Someone that who's qualified within that role would have been, been able a to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. A, that's a very good point. So yeah. anyways, I, I thought that was funny because we, we were coming out and such was like and I, I went viral. I was like, oh, oh, oh it's <laughs> <laughs> like, is that a good thing? Like, <laughs> go ahead and share a link yeah. to that yeah. to that post as well. Absolutely. So we'll, it's we'll a good one. That. So yeah. I good. haven't seen it yet, so I'm I'm excited to it's see it. It's a goodie. It's well done. <laughs> it's articulated. She didn't talk bad about their mamas and nothing else and make them feel bad yeah, like she it's went. Really, oh, it's really it's a critique of the VC world. Yeah. And and yeah. and low-key, someone else got this work because someone made a comment. Um, that was just asking for it. And so I made it a teachable <laughs> moment and brought out all the statistics yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the definitions of vocabulary that he was misusing yeah. in his critique of my post. Yeah. Um, so that also became yeah. an educational opportunity for, yeah. hey, you know, for, for more, yeah. <laughs> more folks to engage. Well, and again, and so, then directed them to our resources page on our website, which right. further dives into the data and the vocabulary. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. ready. (laughs) Well, hence the need for Baldwin and Simone, which you got to tell people what that is. Most people in our space, some of us will get it, some of us won't. So tell them, I think the story behind it's important. You got to give it to Thank you. Yes, thank you. So, okay, so Baldwin and Simone's, it's an experiential hotel designed for travelers of color. Mm -hmm. Um, Baldwin. James Baldwin and Simone, Nina Simone, um, was my inspiration for this space because I was thinking about the lived experiences of James Baldwin as a black man in America and him leaving the United States to go to Paris as his refuge and Nina Simone doing the same thing as refuge for her, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Nina suffered from abuse relationship, depression, etc. They both were navigating the Mm. systemic racism within the United States. And so by leaving this country, same when we see with um, Ella Baker, et cetera, there's a refuge for the blacks, right? Um, In Paris. And we, we have this opportunity right now that where I was like, things don't have to be the same way anymore. Mm -hmm. What if I created a space where there was a sanctuary where, James Baldwin and Nina Simone could have felt at home here mm-hmm. and safe here and celebrated here. And so my motivation for, for creating Baldwin and Simone's was creating a space where black travelers, brown travelers can find themselves reflected mm-hmm. and feel a sense of peace a sense of being at home mm-hmm. and a sense of safety. Safety yeah. is a conversation that happens a lot within black and brown communities mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily understood yeah. or known about outside of um, kind of like, like that more intimate conversations. Like yeah. there are conversations yeah. that happen in like friend groups or like right. small yeah. whatever. Right. I mean, and so and, and marginalized communities have that, yeah, have that as an internal community. community. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. all the yeah. safety is, 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 is a hundred percent like at the, at the core, core of a lot of this. Yeah. yeah we talked about today, green books and yeah. you know, uh, Robert was talking about the LGBTQ, you know, what they've had in their space. They yeah. had something very similar and and no, I think it's I think it's a great concept. I, I can't wait to see how it, how it shakes out. And I guess I can announce here too. Oh, so here, here first, uh, <laughs> here, love it, here love that. First. Yeah. So um, I'm I am launching another version of Unpacking, um, as far as the name goes, mm-hmm. a TV show. Nice. Um, so I am beginning production for a show that is going to tell the story of traveling while black. Mm, and nice. so we'll go on to all these nuances of what that experience looks like, but then also um, highlighting black owned hotels and mm-hmm. restaurants and attractions um, in the world nice. for, for us to sit. So as you were saying, like green book and everything, like, yeah, yeah I want to nice. make sure that we're so like a travel, travel show specifically for the black, you know, as, yeah. as the, a black traveler yeah. visiting black owned. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to, I want to highlight, um, you know, like if you're in South America and like you're looking for a specific experience or yeah. if you're in Europe, like, yeah, right. I want to make sure that we get a document. Or if you're in Atlanta. If you're, you're in Atlanta, Atlanta where Father and Simone's right. will be coming soon. Yes. Portland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no? 
Portland. Yeah, yeah, Portland. Go. I mean, that's the place it can yeah, be anywhere. Sure. Absolutely. So one one well, last question I want to bring up, because I know you know, like, since we're in diversity in, in our space, yes. we're not very diverse. We're going to get travelers that are going to be like, well, are white people welcome at Baldwin and Simone? Everyone's well, welcome. Is, it's just know. that who is it designed for, right? Mm-hmm. The world is designed for men. Mm. right-handed people, mm. able-bodied people, Wait. white people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Within Baldwin and Simone's, the intention around the design, remember in the workshop we were talking about white gaze? Yeah. And the white gaze is defined by creating something with the assumption that the user of mm. that product or service is going to be from a European descent. Mm. The example that, I, um, that is top of mind is Band-Aids. Right. Band-Aids in function cover a wound for everybody, mm-hmm. but in form, it only matches one skin type. Until recently. Until recently. It took the murder in a global uprising, the murder of George Floyd in a global uprising for that company to expand their product line to have more skin tones. Wait a minute. I did not know. I, so that, yes. that's, I learned that. Wait a minute. Band-Aids changed? Because, now they yeah. have more options. What? Okay, that's great. I didn't know that. And like... When I think about designing mm-hmm. with wounds of color in mind, right. I would have, as a designer, mm-hmm. had a spectrum of options of mm-hmm. skin tones for that product. Mm-hmm. And so it's that same concept of, okay, well, at this hotel experience, I am designing for folk that typically are not thought about, mm-hmm. not prioritized, right. and not celebrated. In the same ways as everybody else. And so I'm very excited to not only be um, the visionary for this creative process and and the creation of it, but also to experience it myself, just like as a Black woman who will get to enjoy all of its perks. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, kudos to you. I mean, that's fantastic. That's amazing. I like that. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, when's the... uh, When's the ET? What, what's groundbreaking? When's I mean, do you, like like what stage are you out with? We're so we're in um, scout stage of land. So we're looking for properties right okay. now, and so I cannot give you launch times because it's under wraps. Right. Um, but we do. I may am able to share that it will be launching in ATL right, Atlanta. Atlanta. Great market. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Atlanta. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Like it's, it's been great. It's been great getting to know you. Um, I feel a, not necessarily the, a momentum's continuing. Yes. Like, like, like yes, I don't, I don't yes, think yes. it's like, it's not snowballing yet, right. um, but it's continuing, yeah. which, is, which is good. And I think it's positive. And, and look across the floor. The floor looks more diverse. It did this today year. No lie. Than it did two, than it did two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> the last time we had it. No, it did. It, it, it was noticeable. Uh, yeah, it, um, it was. It was so noticeable for sure. Positive things happening, yeah. um, and so shout out to you. Thank you so much for joining us on yeah. a live version of No BS Detrimental <laughs> Podcast. We don't do these often, but when we are in market together, yeah. I would like to go ahead and do this. Um, episode twenty three. Hey. Oh yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> Hit Download, subscribe, subscribe, like, yeah. watch all that shit. You Rewatch know. it again. <laughs> yeah, share with share your with your friend. And uh, until next find me. Yeah. Um, for getting in contact with me, you mm-hmm. can follow me at Christina X Will. It's at K R I S T I N A X W I L L. And also check us out at unpacking.co.
and we'll put all those links in in the website as well. So thank you so much. We'll have thanks you back okay. again. We got we'll have you Let's back again. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big things. All right. Till next time. Later. Thank you.